Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham? And which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call? The call... Of Cthulhu. Experience the unknowable horror and black comedy of Nerdy Show's Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, an RPG audio drama. Find it at CthulhuMystery.com or wherever you procure fine podcasts. Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. On Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdishow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. So listen at your own discretion, baby. Woo! Sometimes, a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened to us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show. We accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show, and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies and twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns. Lots of dog puns. This is the story of Lightning Dogs a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi, where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. Coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflict and characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dogs since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting, and the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of the Lightning Dogs live. Hey, it's Doug. Last episode, Cap, Tony, and I finished character profiles for our pitch bible and started looking through our collection of television production material to figure out what else we needed. Story bibles, writer's guides, production guides, they're all different and no two are the same. With Lightning Dogs, our goal is to combine the best of all of them to create a lean, mean collection of info that'll pack a punch when a network executive cracks it open. Something we realized we needed was a timeline of the first season with a short episode-by-episode summary. How many episodes would it be? When will the Lightning Dogs meet Glampire? How much of the Wasteland do they see before destroying their way back home? In this episode, we figure out all of that, as well as some other plot points for the rest of the first season. This episode and the last were both recorded in the same session, so enough for me. Let's dive back in. On the topic of episodes we'd like to see, we've got what might be like, let's say, a four or five episode cycle of the Lightning Dogs introduction. 
the end note of the first season should be the Diamond Dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Because that will be the point at which Glampire is fed up. And introduces himself, almost. No. No? They meet him outright. He's been cooking for a while. He lets he lets them in to his Sanctum Sanctorum so he can try to coerce them to give him what he wants. That's right. I think uh, Diamond Dog should be late season one, but not necessarily the season one cliffhanger, because that's a lot of time to just have Glampire and Halloween Jack being the no, only things well, they if see. We're talking about a 13-episode first cycle. We've got five episodes dedicated to the intro. That's also assuming these are like what? Half hour. All right, fair enough. So we've got like five episodes dedicated to that. We could even have, say, six episodes of Monster of the Week exploring the wasteland, kind of getting to know the powers, getting to know the dogs a little bit better. And then season one cliffhanger. We've got a two-parter that the first one is the introduction of the Diamond Dogs. The fight begins. Our heroes lose. Their mobile base is blown up, whatever. Mm -hmm. Episode two, the plan comes together. They're going to fight back. They're going to beat the Diamond Dogs. And then we see who's beneath the diamond. I actually, I think want to delay that as I much was, as we I can. I was under the impression that that would not enter into the diamond dogs for the lightning dogs to know that. The viewers might be made aware of that as a, a concluding point for the first season, but the lightning dogs themselves wouldn't learn that until like later okay. uh, conflicts. Easy enough. In that case, we flip it just a little bit. The lightning dogs emerge victorious, but the armor is cracked. Yeah. In order to repair it, Glampire has to first remove they gotta go the back. diamond. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he, he's got him back. You failed me. Next time, we will make sure that the lightning dogs suffer just as you. And he takes the headpiece off of one of the dogs only to reveal the this just like thousand yeah, it's, yard it's, stare. It's a great cliffhanger to end it where it's like these diamond dogs are cracked and beaten to shit. And they're just sort of like down in the glass spider cave yeah. or something. And, and like they're undergoing repairs. And you kind of think, oh, these are just sort of like sentient crystal monsters. But then when he like Take, takes he the takes thing the off. Damage and stuff there's off. Just, and there's just like a, an unconscious dog face underneath. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, like what's going on? Like, you know, because this whole time, you know, they're the first people to come to this planet. That'll be great. Things we want to see in the first season. I want to see them explore their powers. That would be a good bottle episode, something just on the base. I think early season two, early mid-season two, we want to explore the weight Kane actually does have powers. Yeah. I want to see them scrounging to find a place to be safe mm -hmm. and the adventures that that takes them on, which pulls them in a direction away from the central conflict of Glampire almost immediately because they need to regroup very badly, yep. which thrusts them further into adventure. The introduction of Beast Hound and the introduction of uh, Wolfman, Jack. Wolfman Jack, which could both be their own episodes. So let's talk about this five episode arc. First episode, I think we've established is going to take place primarily on Domus. Yeah, probably. As um, the lead into it. Yeah, the lead yeah. in. You know, we have a moment of in media res right at the beginning, only to cut back to Domus, leading up to the departure back to Earth. For anyone who's unfamiliar, in media res is a kind of narrative terminology, meaning in the middle of things. So we'd be starting the first episode in some climactic action scene from a later part of the episode arc. You've probably seen this before. In fact, here's a really germane example. You know what I just realized? It's exactly the fucking first episode of Gargoyles. What? The first episode of Gargoyles opened with... The Meteorez of the it, battle. It, yeah. Of Elisa Maza getting out of her car and being like, what the hell is going yeah, up on that tower? I, I remember the lines like, what could claw into solid stone? You know, like whatever. You know, <laughs> and then like, you cut back hundreds of <laughs> I, I didn't know, but you know what? It's fucking great. We're sticking with it. And ours is different, so yeah, great. 
Let's hope Same Greg narrative never structure. hears okay. this. I'd <laughs> uh, be flattered. He's a, he's, a, he's a kind soul, that you, Greg White. I want him to think we're smart, too. <laughs> you mean you guys don't just send the recordings to him when you're done? Because that's, that's what I've been doing. No? God damn it, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, so, episode two, I'd say that is the introduction of the Farfetch and then closing with it exploding. Because we want to get to the meat and potatoes pretty quick. We want to get in their power. So, end mm. of episode two, I'd say. Yeah, if episode one ends... With the explosion of the Farfetch. Episode two. We've got to talk about length here. We want to get to the action ASAP, obviously. That's why we're starting the episode the way we are. I think maybe half hour is how we want to do it, because we want to be able to pace it naturally. Mm -hmm. I worry 15 might be too abbreviated, but it's yeah. hard to say. I, I've started watching the new Turtles for mm -hmm. the first time, and I, like, I've seen episodes here or there spread out over, over the years, mm -hmm. but I'm starting from the beginning, because I just want to see yeah. like, what it evolved into. Because I remember the general consensus among Nerdy Show was that it was good, but it gets much better. Yes. I think it's starting really good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, all, yeah. I'm only five no, episodes I mean, it's, in. It's an, it's an exceptionally pleasant series from yeah. the start, and then it continues to get better and better and clever. And, the, and, um, and the, what we're talking about here, about a season one, spacing out, they're learning their environment, they're learning the people. We've only just barely met April, and yeah. she's like, you know, I'm not sure where it's going to go with her. Her dad's still missing. The Krang are around, but we don't know anything about them. But it's moving. And every episode, I feel like there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. And the interesting thing... Much like what I noticed about the final seasons of Next Gen, each episode starts to focus on different people. Yeah, and, but it's not a character at a time. But it's never blatant. It's always very nicely folded in to like what's going on. And especially with Turtles, there's always a message to be had. Like one of the early episodes is about Raphael needs to learn to not lose his temper when people throw insults at him. Yeah. And that's a good kid message. And it's a positive thing that they fold into every single one of them. And it gives the thrust, the, the, the trajectory of the entire episode. And it, it doesn't feel forced. It just right. feels like a, it has a, like the storytelling has a purpose. Exactly. So we need, so I mean, granted, we're not writing epi full episodes just yet, but it's interesting to think about when we need to fill time for yeah. things, episodes on each person learning something, overcoming something, mm -hmm. having to deal with something. Those are always great things. But my, my thoughts for the breakdown, episode one, introduction of our characters, departure to Earth, and first thing they see when they walk out the other side is Glampire. And he's inviting them back to his place of residence. Um, well, it can't, if he knows where the Farfetch is, the game's over. Yeah, he would have done it already. Here's my take on it. Glampire doesn't know where, where it's at. Where it's at. And the, the initial party would not give them that information. In fact, they did something borderline suicidal to try to stop him from getting the information, which is why even though he's controlling their bodies... He can't get to their he, minds. Yeah, he has their minds enough to take the tactics that they've employed mm -hmm. and use have that, that, them, that yeah. muscle reaction to use it against the lightning dogs. But the actual knowledge of where this stuff is, he's maybe gotten close. The process takes a long time. He wasn't getting it from them alive, so he's getting it from them half dead. And maybe they're full on like necrotic, which is why when they're able to save some or all of them later on, they're not quite fully dogs anymore. Like they came back from the brink and it's, you know, like they'll, half crystal, they, half they've dog. seen the abyss. Right. They won't want to be with the lightning dogs because they got some shit they're sorting out or some or some of them will. Anyway, it can be tragic. It's been one of the most difficult conversations to have of how can we have this awesome conflict with this backstory and have it not make sense because Glampire should be good at what he does. Yeah. That said, the lightning dogs have to use their cunning and guile to get from the location they're at to figure out where comes next. And the handful of them that know, I guess it's what Dingo and Angela know that there was a first party. Yeah. So that knowledge leads them to figuring out, all right, so we're here. 
We're making the studies because none of that information got mm. reported back to Domus at all. We're in constant communication, but also, you know, we have to go out in this world, but when they are going out into this world, it's secretly because they're trying to figure out what happened to I li- them. I like the idea that maybe just Dingo knows about the previous team. Only reason being is because this can drive an even bigger wedge as him as the loner, even with Angela. Like, Angela's like, you didn't tell me. I mean, I understand, you know, there's an mission and we got to keep everyone in rank and file, but but really, Dingo? That's like, no, no. you know, that's really, like... Really, Sebastian? Well, uh, maybe at that point. I don't know. It's a little early to be going into that already. But just the idea that even she's taken aback. And of course, Kane's fucking furious. You know, like, that's going to be the big I would conflict say, between the two of them. I'm not trying to hash out anything more than just the first five episodes. Right, breaking right, down right, 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 what right. happens in each one so that it's got a good pace, that we still have something going on, and that we're exploring. And by the end of the first five episodes, we have our team. We have our assembled group together. Powers. We've got their powers. They've got Wolfman and they've got Beast Town. We've got the full action figure set has been collected right. by the end of the first five episodes. Mm-hmm. But what's the hook at the end of the first episode? I thought it might be interesting to have Glampire because we did want to set him up. But better way of doing that, maybe even having Jack and then out of the conflict with Jack, you know, they leave the cave. They're wandering a little bit, set upon by Jack and the Peopleoids. In the fight with Jack and the Peopleoids, they're beating him. They're doing well. But at the last minute, in comes the cavalry, which is Glampire, takes them back to his place, uh, wine and dine, yada, yada, yada. They realize something's amiss, and they start bugging the fuck out. As they bug the fuck out, they're tracked back to the Farfetch. End of this episode, giant explosion. Third episode, we've got powers. And here's Wolfman Jack, because that'll tie in well. We could have like the frequency of his broadcast being picked up by Kane. Well, let me, let me stop you there. You're right on point with what I was getting out of. They get there, they go out into the wasteland. The notion of the Diamond Dogs mission doesn't really matter so much as that one person on the team has di- it, has yeah. direction to try to go in a certain, a certain place, point. Okay, uh, while everyone else thinks that they're yeah they're on, just on a mission research. for science. Yeah. yeah. So then they encounter you know hostiles. Maybe they encounter Beast Town there. Maybe Beast Town is something that happens after they've already been cut loose. We don't know. It could happen there. It could not. Maybe Beast Town will be a deus ex machina who like helps save the day when they're down in the, in the final act. Like They connect to this weird creature. They're like, that's weird. He goes off, and then he comes back the next episode. But they get out to Glampire, who does, let's say, save them from Halloween Jack. Yeah. Because he fucking wants to know. And he, he's he, seen it. He knows yeah. he who knows, these he knows, people are. He knows where they're from. He knows there's a planet of the dogs. He knows that they got here through a far fetch. The Diamond Dogs show up. It's like, get them, bring them. Who the fuck are you? Where are you from? And they're like, we ain't fucking talking to you. Fuck you. And he's like, ah, I got to throw them away. So here it's like, oh, another opportunity. I'm not fucking this up. <laughs> and then he brings them in, like Gentlemen, you say. Yeah, yeah. He's like, please forgive. Halloween Jack has no, no not tact. Even, <laughs> no, no. Not even, not even acknowledging that he even knows Jack. Just yeah. sitting there like. These, these freaks of the wasteland, please. Right. Like Jack might be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, like attempts to talk to, but, to but, Glampire. But and then like, then he's out. Glampire doesn't consult with him. He just uses him. <laughs> so they go there. There's the mystery of what's going on, the, the seduction of Glampire. They realize something's wrong. They escape, and unlike their predecessors, they actually make it back home. But there's a price because, oh, yeah, they were followed. Glampire was counting on it. Yep. So then the, then ex- the explosion, the explosion happens, and they fight back. They repel Glampire's forces because the Glampire has the advantage. They did not count on the power sets. I mean, they would have died were it not for that freak accident. Yeah. And that final battle makes up the kind of later half of that. It ends with them being like, okay, so we're stuck here riding off into the sunset. So it could be the only lightning dog story we'd ever tell, and we'd have all of it. We don't have Wolfman Jack because Wolfman Jack isn't important to them until they're trying to get acclimated to the wasteland. Yeah, Wolfman Jack is not a lightning dog. 
Fair you, point. You know, Fair but, point. But no, but I, but I totally get, like, yeah, introducing that, the I still want to have, this, yeah. I still want to say, have episode two end with the explosion, just because that's good for pacing. It gives yeah. an opportunity to really flesh out it's, Lampire. I mean, it's either episode two or it's episode three, depending on how much time we get to spend. But then we can also dedicate more of episode three to the battle, because we had talked about way back that the idea is that Angela would appear dead. Yeah. Angela would appear dead and wouldn't resurface until later. So episode three, we have the start, which is the battle, and then we have the recuperation. And then maybe you can have episode three end with this looming threat of a creature that none of them have seen before that is shooting fucking lasers out of its eyes. Oh, that's right. Oh, I totally forgot. Beast Town has to be with them at that point, obviously. I'm sorry. Duh. Yeah. Forever. Or at least Beast Town could just like, if Beast Town shows up when they first arrive, as just like a, a wild dog, and they're kind of like, all right, like they're a little uneasy. It's like they just sort of see it in passing, like it's an uneasy thing. And then, of course, kid can throw it like a, well, you know, a thing of food or something like that, and it just starts following them, and it's always like at a distance. The only reason I would contradict that is simply because it adds to the desolation of the world that when they arrive, the only living thing they see is the first thing that tries to kill them. True. Which is Jack. And then the second thing they see is this wolf in sheep's clothing. That way, we're keeping the audience's focus where it needs to be which is not necessarily the wonder and breadth of the wasteland just yet that's not what we're about mm-hmm. it's after this initial conflict is put to a point of rest at that point of rest we introduce something new that could be threatening beast hound was near enough the explosion that he was affected by it but he wasn't necessarily there and again well beast hound needs to be there because if the proximity of the explosion was that substantial Halloween jack would then everybody be getting powers. i think beast hound needs to be there during the explosion, they should be aware that Beast Hound is there. He's not their buddy. He's not their friend, but they know he's there. And maybe Beast Hound has already been nice to Kid, and Beast Hound pulls Kid out of the rubble. Beast Hound digs into the rubble, starts pulling people out when they're like if they're under in an underground collapse thing, and it's like, all right, uh, thanks, boy. You know, like whatever this this then thing is. Slight twist on what I was saying before. He's the first living creature they see. It seems like it's another well, dog. The good thing about that is that they come face to face with. They're like, okay, this, is this place is like, super dangerous. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, it's dangerous. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, it's not. It's scary as hell and really weird because this is a primal dog. That's fucking strange. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, sure. Yeah, think and about th- if we landed on another alien world ooh, ooh, and, a, no, and, and, and a gorilla showed your, up. Oh, you mean get your hands off me, you damn not, not like Planet of the Apes, but like a, gor- like a feral gorilla, mm-hmm. but not a gorilla of Earth. And you're just sort of like, all right, this is clearly some kind of primate. Um, that we have that a kinship even, with. That could even lead to a great scene where Kid is trying to I just, get back I to just realized, and... I, I just realized I described Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> also, not a bad thing. Right, but you see what I'm saying, you know? Now we're, we're living in the Land of the Lost Dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it could lead to a great scene during the attempted escape that a creature is trying to get Kid... Beast Hound comes along, saves the day, and he's kind of acting as the, the muscle holding off these yeah, creatures. Yeah, if she throws some food off the back of the truck, you know, yeah. or whatever, if, just to be if like... If they encounter Beast Hound near their base, and he goes off, you know, and you don't hear from him for like an episode until all of a sudden they get back, and then Beast Hound They're comes They're making in. a mad dash to the far fetch. Yeah, yeah, and then he's, and, he gets that hero moment. Yeah, and all of a sudden, without them having a chance to even think about it, this big hulking monstrosity is on their side and with them just as everything goes tits up. Bound in so, blood, gotcha. Yeah. Because they're fucking dogs, man, sticking together. Run as a pack. Then what we could do, have it be a nice three-episode arc, literally in a three-act structure. By the end of it, we've got their powers. Introduction, complication, resolution. And they ride off into the sunset. New powers, new purpose. Then episodes four and five would be Discovery of Wolfman Jack 
and surviving in this wasteland, meeting mm-hmm. some of the freaky stuff out there. The four and five are kind of like putting the final button on. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much meeting and exploring as it is establishing what they need to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'd have two quote unquote into the sunset moments. There's the this is the end of our pilot and this is the end of our first pickup sort of thing. I think Wolfman would be like their first adventure. Episode one is where are we? Who are you? Episode two is run away, big explosion. Episode three is resolution actually, of first. Yeah, actually, conflict. you run away from us. Fuck you. We got the right. power. And I, I agree on all of that, except that I think between what you were describing as episodes one and two, we might actually be able to have a, a full episode of shit that happens in the wasteland, like Beast Hound, Attack of Halloween Jack, Glampire saving them. That could be a whole episode. Yeah. And then the seduction yeah, of Glampire and the and escape. And then the escape Spe- is okay. episode three. Specifics on episode one is this, episode two is this. That I mean, these are all beats, Yeah, right? th- that, so. this is really specific, but we have the overall beats. If this was a movie, the overall beats, we know how the story progresses. One, two, three, and four. And it's, yeah. a two, yeah. it, it's your typical two-hour introduction. Yeah. And then episode five, Jack and the Convoy. Episode six was the Mirror Universe. <laughs> what, what, is, what is the Jack and the Convoy? Wolfman Getting back Jack? to Wolfman Jack. Oh, you recall, we have two Jacks. Yeah. Sorry. So. That's right, because we just did. Just we did Wolfman. Just, He's just we Wolfman. haven't discussed Wolfman in so long. I miss Doug. Can I get a little Wolfman, please? Uh, <laughs> you only get more than a little Wolfman. You gotta get a lot of Wolfman. Um, I, I I've missed that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's more like. Oh, oh. Hey, can you do that? Yeah, I can. No, I, you, this is them talking to Wolfman. He can you like? It sounds like you're just a weird horn. You're not like you're not howling. <laughs> I, I was. I was. <laughs> howl, baby. Yeah. You gotta howl. Not just a. <laughs> like, quiet, quiet. Because if it's too clean, it doesn't sound like Wolfman. Uh, Wolfman, were you, were you a wolf, then a man, or a man, then a wolf? Uh, processing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm trying to think, what would his answer be? File, not file. I was born wild and free, baby. It don't matter. It's a half man, half wolf. It's all wolf man. How? Again, I, I'm I love to be wild. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, you point out, it's like, you sound like an old car horn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, file God. found born to be wild <laughs> wolfman exe wolf processing wolf from 1969 <laughs> <laughs> so this is not important at all but i would argue that we would meet wolfman within the first three episodes following the four episode film but he doesn't need to be the first thing that happens in fact it would be better if the dogs were struggling a bit more yeah. All right. They, well, they, then, they, they pick up on his radio signal after at a low a, moment. You know, a good way I think of doing these episodes is 
conflict resolution hook. It yeah. works in a lot of these different things, and yeah. I think for these first few episodes, it's all about getting them set up. So yeah. we've got the first four, we've got a conflict and a hook, and a conflict and a hook, and then by the end of the fourth episode, we have our ride off into the sunset moment, if this is all we ever do with it. Episode five, well... Pierre can't keep running alongside the lightning rod. He can keep up, but he's he's getting tired and there's not enough food to keep him fed. So we need to get transportation for the rest, which is the birth of the convoy. And then at the convoy, they're getting everything turned on. They're getting everything set up. That's and right, then all we, of a sudden... No, you bring up a great point because we got to figure out what happens to the vehicles. Do the vehicles get destroyed or they're collapsed in the explosion? Well, they're absolutely destroyed. The lightning rod is the only thing that somewhat survives. They yeah. take everything from everything else and they slap it on the lightning rod and then that's going off into the sunset well, it, and people are kind of... It's hard because we kind of flip the script on it, right? Because Max... The been, art that he's been doing is sort of like after it's been repaired for the wasteland. Well, or for the, for the lightning rod, at least. Yeah, or as they came into the wasteland. Well, here's the thing. I think as these vehicles come into the wasteland, they're clean, they're new, they're there to kick some ass. The art that Max has been creating, more specifically for the lightning rod, has been how I'd imagine it looking after it's been in the wasteland for a while, yeah. like after they made their upgrades. Well, the Brutus... That's but, built but, in no, the but you, But you've got... But Tony, you, you hit the thing where it's like, we need, we need to have them excavate and rebuild what they're going to be riding around with for the entire season. And that'll be episode five, yeah. which... When they get everything up, running, and of course there's something that attacks them while they're out there. Maybe it's the giant cow bull things or yeah, whatever. Or whatever yeah. well, you know, that's our, it, our fight. It's tough because we need to figure out the logistics of how it's going to go down with the explosion and everything. Because I believe Max has actually designed the Brutus as something that came from Domus directly. That's what I believe 100%, too. 100%. And that what we currently have designed is not something that has been rebuilt in the wasteland at all. My thought was that we'd, without really discussing it, sort of changed the pattern there because we wanted the opportunity to further explore these features. And the Brutus gives them a sense of security, right? It's like a mobile, it's like a mini mobile base. Right. You know? so, so they have that. They can run away. They're not on foot. I mean, you were looking for a Breaking Bad reference. <laughs> Perhaps the Brutus wasn't something they brought. It was something the first team brought. But then it becomes obvious that there's a whole other team and, you know, before well, the Diamond Dogs even show up. But that could be where that conflict arises. I don't think we should do it that soon. It's only a good lie if it, if lasts. it lasts. And, like, for the dogs themselves, if it happened in, you know, in-world, they would still be upset. But for the viewer, the viewer needs to live with them a little bit longer for the gravity of that lie to, to really feel sink the in. the betrayal okay. of the lie or whatever. But 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 though I, 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 I like how you're piecing this together to try and make it all click. However, we wind up rationalizing it and how the Brutus gets to be either it's gotten blown up and it's been reconstructed, yeah. or it was deactivated and they had to abandon it. They have to get back to it. Maybe that's it. That Jack has escaped with the Brutus and they need to get it back from him. Whichever. I, I yeah. think that they could have the security of the Brutus. While supplies are low oh, and dude. sparse and everything, they could have that, and then it gets destroyed as a part of the season finale with the Diamond Dogs. Uh, what I just thought, okay, so here's a question. Halloween Jack attacking the Lightning Dogs before Glampire comes to the rescue. Is that yes. staged, or is that Halloween Jack legitimately they just like... They couldn't have known. That is Halloween Jack legitimately attacking them, because Halloween Jack is just... That's just who well, Jack well, is. And it, Jack knows about the first dogs. Right. So he's like, oh, shit, Glampire's going to love me. I'm going to yeah. get these fuckers. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, Which on that's to more of a look of betrayal on his face. Like, what the fuck? Now, on that line of logic, does Glampire swoop in physically there yeah. and is like, everyone stop. You follow me. 
you can lead all three vehicles with the lightning dog safely past the gates into Glampire's domain. And then they've got to get them out. Yeah, either they got to get them out or they have to abandon that shit. You know, because when they escape, it's bug out mode. Exactly. So the only thing they take out of Glampire's stronghold, they leave Brutus. Yeah. They leave Brutus behind because Brutus is dead weight at that point. So right after beating Glampire, they've got to sneak back into his base to get him back, and they do. They rush out, and as they're rushing out, they've got that moment of elation, and all of a sudden, a voice comes over the radio. Lightning dogs! Lightning dogs, do you read? The world needs you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, wasn't it that they were going to pick up errant broadcasts? Yeah, they're going like, to pick up a, they a lot be, of weird stuff. They wouldn't stuff. Be a, have a direct I, appeal. No, no, I get but you, but I, I mean... But you're right. The timing of that, having them go that long without hearing Wolfman... Having them break in, that's their strike back moment on Glampire where he yep. realizes something new about these dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something going on. They're not the same dogs, the same mongrels he saw running away. They're on the attack with nothing. He's like, look at them running at the gate. They've, they've gone mad. You know, like, like, it's like, maybe they'll be laughing at my feet in no time, thinking they've come back, you know, wanting help. Tail between your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking that they're going to want to surrender or whatever, and this is good. But instead, they fuck his shit up because so, they got powers now. So you're telling me then that Glampire didn't personally join in on the assault that led to the explosion of the farfetch no that's fine like he can be there for that i'm saying he winds them and dines them in the castle or wherever his thing is going to end up being uh-huh. they realize this is a trick he's evil they run away he and jack jack pursue, pursue all the way back to the farfetch boom goes the farfetch he thinks they're dead like oh well shit there goes everything and maybe he orders Jack, start digging, get everything you can out of there and because that's when it's they have whatever. To fight and they're, Jack yeah, and either either like, they're whatever. either they're in the underground tunnels or they're wherever. However, that ends up happening, that happens. Glampire goes back to sit on the throne and piss and moan. It also does kind of make sense because if we're setting Glampire up as the big bad, as this whole like holy fuck power, I don't see him that close to his goal, that full of rage. If these creatures are still alive letting any of them leave powers or no yeah and that so he thinks they're dead he goes back to the castle has nagel run diagnostics on the brutus tell me anything you can find out about where they're from i want to know like because he, he yeah. wants to know and of course there's really nothing to find on that thing but they're going to look for it anyway the brutus was designed for use on domus presumably though modified for use on Earth. you know unknown terrain right so it would no doubt feature full maps domus could no then that would be a good thing for him to have and know, and for the audience to know that he knows, but not the dogs. Maybe that's why. But maybe that's why Dingo's like, they're like, why'd you blow up the far fetch? He's like, because we can't let him get to Domus. Like that's that's everything to us. And like, well, he just blew up our only way home. And he's like, well, you know, what do we do now? Well, we have to fight back. We can't let him. Whatever. And it's like, oh shit! If he can hack into the Brutus. He's got all the information he would need on Domus. Like, he would know everything. And they're like, well, we can't let that happen. Not only do they need the vehicle, they need to stop Glampire from learning about Domus. So that's another emotional reason for them to steal it. Oh, and it would give an excellent opportunity of nobody necessarily trusting Dingo and giving them the opportunity to see that he is a tactical leader that everybody can follow. Yeah, you guys guys are on something here. So what we're looking at is we're actually looking at a five-part opening story. Then Wolfman would get pushed into the Monster of the Week kind of tales. Which is which, which is fine, which is but, fine. But the driving off of the sunset He's an would, ally. would be with their reclaimed technology. The first strong blow back at Glampire. And, and something bad enough and threatening enough from Glampire, they're like, we can never try that again. It won't work. We got lucky. Yeah, Even we, with the powers, we got lucky. Yeah. The only reason it worked was he underestimated us. Exactly. And he's not going to do it twice. Yeah. Boom. Especially since they exposed themselves as having powers. Yeah. You only get the element of surprise once. 
the setup, like that sunset moment where now the world is unlocked to them. They're in the wasteland yeah. and now they're going to meet allies. They're going to meet enemies. enemies. They're going to meet the, all these creatures. The world is cracked open from there. Even if it is the only lightning dogs we ever get a chance to do, I think we should have that hook in there. With Wolfman Jack? Yeah, with Wolfman. Why not? No, no, no. Because the story that we can tell of them meeting Wolfman Jack needs to be divorced from the complications of everything else that's happened. I'm all for them, like when they first land, before they even meet Halloween Jack and uh, Glampire, to be picking up weird radio signals. But like mm-hmm. maybe look at a second of like... Ah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, what was that? It sounded like a human voice, but not really. You know, it's like well, I mean, it's not necessarily when I when I say that they hear the voice, they hear a voice that tells them that maybe the master. Because what would the dogs assume? Uh, no, yeah, I see what the you're dogs saying. Yeah, yeah. Assume, but that maybe the masters are still here. But like when when you land on another planet, yeah, you're going to be scouting, and you might pick up yeah, something like if, that, if which only then yeah, ties back static. To it. There's like static, then weird warbles, and then like maybe a split second of something that might be a, a voice where you're not quite sure. But they're like, there's something here. There's something going on. Here. So like, there, there's a lot of wonder, and there's a lot of like potential. Yeah. And then we get what we think is an answer at the end of this hook. Right. It's not necessarily that the next episode is going to dive immediately into I, finding. I just I want them to feel very alone. So that when they find something, they're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, this is like, this is insane. This isn't just a repeating message. Like, this is someone doing Actively. radio programming Yeah, right so there's now. civilization. There's yeah. hope. It's like, uh, you guys see Lawrence of Arabia? No. No. It's not necessarily a Lightning Dogs movie. It's just a lot of desert in it. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful movie. It's just um, finding hope in the middle of nowhere. My take on it is less to provide them with an out and more to provide them with a mystery. Right. And it's not a mystery. It's not an answer we have well, to I think have. We can have them chase right. if this to, signal. To me, it's a better mystery if it's the start of an episode and that's their investigation. If you end on that mystery, I get how that you want that to be like a hook. He's going to be integral overall to people's right. lasting impressions of Lightning Dogs, but he's not so important to the origin that he belongs there. It's like after everything that they've gone through, and now we've stacked on a siege on Glampire's castle as well. Like... After all this fucking, they're just going to want a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, and, and I was going to put it this way. Halloween, or Halloween Jack. Wolfman. We need to not call uh, him Wolfman Jack because that is no, no, copyright yeah. infringement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wolfman is a two-sentence description in this pitch Bible. Wolfman's not a character. Wolfman's not, you know, a thing. I don't see us writing half a page about Wolfman. Now, for a writer's guide for seasons two and three, sure, yeah. Particularly since he plays an integral role in the reveal of Kane Corso as a sort exactly, of villain? Exactly, exactly. Now, but for a pitch Bible to say, hey, this is what, this is the trajectory of the show. This is the main broad strokes. This is, these are our main characters. These are people you root for. I can definitely see skipping Wolfman. Like Cap says, he's not essential to the origin. But still, like, he's a personal favorite, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. Then I just, I don't know what the next, because to me, he works really well as that hook because we've got our equipment back. We're out in the wasteland. What are we going to pick up? I think that moment is completely valid, just not at the end of the episode, as the beginning of another episode. That's my only Okay, so the beginning of episode six, then. Yeah, but we're already getting so specific about when episodes begin and end, it doesn't fucking matter. The way I think it's going to play out the strongest is they're doing something, they succumb to a defeat, which is why I want to push it into, like, let's say at this point, episode seven or eight more so. They have the opportunity to feel low, and then they experience this, and they're like, wow. Because not only are they getting a radio signal, which offers them, like, the hope of something more... But they're hearing Masters music and getting all kinds of information. All of them are excited about it. Every single one. Even Kane. Especially Kane. It, you can even have B-Sound in the background. Just tail wagon. And then, and then they get this <laughs> weird adventure where they're like, all right, the signal's coming from here. 
where is it? And they have to like you know infiltrate a weird. It's, it's an episode in bunker. All, yeah, in, in and of itself, it's it's a whole episode, and it's like you got to help me. I'm trapped down here. You got to kill out the rad roaches. You know, whatever the fuck. You know, like whatever struggle they need to get for that. And episode. all of a sudden, thank you so much for all of your help. They we're really starting to wear through my circuitry. We now take you to the five o'clock traffic news. There's no roads. I think this guy's crazy. <laughs> it's like no maybe. roads, no traffic, smooth driving in all directions. <laughs> Absolutely no traffic for miles and miles. <laughs> it's like all the it's like it's like time to roll those windows down. Let the wind in your hair and the rock roll blast blast off your speakers and how? The Wolfman program would like to make it known that all claims about traffic and the presence there or they're not. <laughs> It's breaks entirely on conjecture. The clouds and, have covered the highways for a long time now. Satellites cannot see anything on the roads. I don't know if Parody Law will save our asses with us doing an impression of someone and using his straight-up yeah. voice. If we, say, if we call it Wolfman and it's the voice of Wolfman Shack, I, that might be too close. And we may just have to find another voice for Wolfman. Just like another... I, or I, I don't think we should find another voice. I think we might want to find a derivative parody name. Man-Wolf. Um, like, but the entire the, the point is that it is a like, dog. Hey, it's the big bad wolf, like you know, something like that, or or the growler. Fallout was three dog. I kind of like the big bad wolf. I kind of, but no, I, but he doesn't. There's so many. No, sure, names sure, sure. Big man was fine, but even with three dog, there were elements of Wolfman, but it no, wasn't was, straight up Wolfman. He howled. That was pretty much it. No, he he also talked like this a little bit, but he's like. Well, they say a kid up here in the capital wasteland is doing this. It wasn't quite as grovel, but whatever, man. It's just like they I did mean, their own thing. Based on based on many many cartoons where they've had characters that were parodies of other things. I mean, look at the fucking Flintstones. They're all impressions. Like all of them are impressions. It's the honey the, honeymooners in the Stone well, Age. Go to the Animaniacs. Well, exactly. But with, you, with Siskel and Egbert, that was a straight up attribution parody thing. But like this is a, a constant Closer character. To this, appropriation, this, yeah. this is a character that we're using full time. So like, like the Flintstones quite literally was the honeymooners, yeah. except In, uh, except Wilma right. wasn't a shrew. So like, so we can do quite literally Wolfman Jack in an impression of Wolfman Jack that mm. I I never want anybody else to voice him. But you, Doug, I'm because, flattered because, you say that, but I but don't. But here's, I, here's why. why. Let me tell you why. Because you're doing a great impression of him that you can improv really easily that has all the charm that we need projecting the idea of Wolfman Jack while at the same time. It's different. It's different it's, enough. It's your version of Wolfman Jack, which makes it our version of Wolfman Jack. You know what that means, Doug? You're stuck. I, and and well, until we get John DiMaggio, <laughs> all we have to do is change the name, and there's nothing else. So if that's where we're at right now, because I really think that we're barking at the wrong tree when it comes to using <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything like that. We have to change the name. Big we, dog. Big bad dog. Any other weird dog related thing will think, Jesus Christ. Hound is this, dog? Is this a man? Is this a no, dog? Look, what is I, it? Let me lie, number the hound dog. The, big like. bad, the reason I dig Big Bad Wolf is the idea of him coming on the radio and being like, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Big Bad Wolf coming here to blow down your speakers with That's some true. fine, yeah, yeah, fine yeah, yeah. tunes. There's, well, fun, there's fun, well, maybe, fun stuff there. Maybe he can call himself that. I'm the one who suggested it. Here's why I don't like it, actually, is because then the lightning dogs can just be like, hey, Wolfman, what's up? But they'd be like, hey, Big Bad Wolf, what's up? Like, it's too it's too long. It's too unwieldy. BBW. That conjures some weird <laughs> images. All right. Yeah, let's Leaving move on. Leaving that one. <laughs> We've done a lot of work today. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think we were going to plot out the first five goddamn episodes. Neither did I, but we did it in style. And it works. Isn't I like... that how we always work? Yeah. In style? And hey, if you want to show your Lightning Dog style, we've got t-shirts for that. Head over to lightningdogs.com and get a Lightning Dogs emblem shirt. Or maybe pick up the Lightning Dogs sketchbook. 36 pages of our favorite concept art and notes on the world and characters. 
much of it is still unseen by the internet. Supporting us through merch is awesome, but if you want to help in the biggest way with a ton of exclusive rewards, head to patreon.com slash lightning dogs. We've got early releases for podcasts, art, videos, even an exclusive podcast series, Wasteland Drive-In, where we discuss movies that influence the show. Your support means the world to us, and is the only way we can keep this project going. So for those of you who've joined our pack, thank you. And for those of you on the fence, what are you waiting for? Even a dollar a month makes a huge difference. We could plop a killer pitch Bible down on an executive's desk, and maybe that would be enough. But if we came to them showing that Lightning Dogs had a huge following already, that would seal the deal for sure. So spread the word. Share this show or our artwork with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, DeviantArt, Fur Affinity. Heck, we even have materials so that you can print your own posters and flyers. Be our street team. Everything you need is at lightningdogs.com. So don't just sit there scratching yourself. We need you. <clears throat> anyway, now that the core characters are conceptually squared away and we have a clearer picture of what we needed for our pitch bible, the next biggest thing on the agenda was final character designs. So our next episode is a draw stream, much like how we did episode 22 with Queen Lich. In the next episode, Cap and I will be watching as Tony draws Dingo. We offer him suggestions and build new Lightning Dogs concepts through casual banter. You know, as we do. Two weeks from now, you'll be able to watch the video for the raw, unedited visual experience. Or listen to the podcast for the documentary format that you know and love. Or do both. As a matter of fact, all of our character design draw streams are available to Lightning Dogs patrons right now. They'll go public as the podcast episodes release, but if you want to get your paws on all nine videos before anyone else, you know what to do. LightningDogs.com slash Patreon. We'll see you in two weeks for our art extravaganza. Until then, you don't have to sit and stay, but be good. It was a real number here. Was it good for you guys? Oh, it was great. I'm going to need a cigarette. Post-coital cigarettes all around. I'd prefer a bacon cheeseburger. That's just me. Ooh, Hashtag howl noise. Ha, ha. Hashtag howl noise. <laughs> Hashtag vintage car horn. <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag vintage car horn sound. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 